What's up, everyone? This is Stephanie Ghostin Paul, and you've made it to the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. Take Nothing When I Die amplifies and celebrates the wisdom and genius of people who've managed multiple careers in one lifetime. Welcome back. You made it to episode six. This is a solo episode with me, your host, Stephanie Ghostin Paul. And if you haven't checked out episodes one through five, you must do so. Wherever you're listening, episodes one through five have to be uploaded. So check them out. Episode one, I talked a lot about the inspiration behind the podcast, my vision for the podcast, and what you can expect this season. Episode two was chock full of gems from Amanda Spann. She took us through her journey from PR to the tech industry. Episode three was Paul Carrick Brunson, who is a masterful storyteller. He gave his own eulogy, y'all. Like, he, the man gave his own eulogy on the episode. You got to check it out. Episode four was a very, very special launch editions episode. It was a solo episode, so you got to hear some of the typical segments that you hear in a solo episode from me. But I had some special guests compile their most expensive wisdom that they don't want to take with them to the grave. You got to check that one out. People actually trusted me with their most precious gems, and I'm so grateful for that. Episode five, we had the wonderful Jordan Hales, had a lot of laughs, some gifts, some memes, and she actually made some doodles for her episode, which was super cool. It was a first for me and this podcast. And Jordan talks a lot about being an intellectual creative. So if you want to hear more about being an inventor, go ahead and check the episode out. And today on this solo episode, you will hear all of the regular segments. And today's topic is, can I really have it all? This quintessential question. I've seen so many books, blogs, panels about this. Can we really have it all? Can women have it all? Can entrepreneurs have it all? Can we have it both ways? Can we have it all of the ways? I will solve this age-old dilemma in this episode. So you just got to tune in. That's it. I mean, light work. I'm just going to solve the whole thing. Easy. Um, So I'm really excited to have that conversation and hear what you all think about this age-old question, because it really is up for debate. I've seen so many people say, no, you can't have it all. Then people say, yes, you can have it all. Then it changes. We're going to get to the bottom of it, I promise. But first, uh, here come the solo segments. The first one's called, How Am I Doing For Real For Real? And I ask this of all my guests. If you listen to the podcast, you know that the first question guests answer is, how are you doing for real for real? And it's because half the time when we ask, we actually don't care about the answer. And half the time when we are asked, we're lying. And so this is a chance for guests and myself to tell the truth about how we're really feeling in the moment. And I'm feeling good today, y'all. I have been hurting a little bit. My body has been hurting. So that's been impacting my motivation and my inspiration. There's some weather changes going on. I'm not sleeping as well as I could. Um, But overall, things are good. I'm hoping that I'll get to the bottom of why my body is aching. It could be I'm just getting older. I just need to accept it. And I got to get moving a little bit more than I usually do. So stay tuned for updates. Uh, on on the body impact. (laughs) The second segment is called What's Bringing Me Pleasure. And I do this segment just because I feel like in our society, pleasure is kind of this like taboo topic. 
it's you know it's dubbed a guilty pleasure it's like something bad something secret something we don't talk about and what i want to do is hopefully with this segment is to normalize pleasure like what is making us happy what's bringing us inspiration what are we proud of what's making us smile what's giving us the tingle right because pleasure is normal it's natural it's human and so what has been bringing me pleasure? I've been finding a lot of joy in the small things. February is my birthday month, as I like to say. I, I'm trying to celebrate every day. And so instead of waiting for good things to come to me, I've been intentionally figuring out where can I find joy today? And I've been snatching up those moments, y'all, whether it's something super tiny, like a wonderful parking spot right near the front, or it's something really, really big. Um, I got an unexpected gift in the mail that just delighted me so much. It brought me so much pleasure. So I'm also really, really excited about the Black History Month celebrations that I've been seeing. Um, I think typically we th when we think of Black History Month and celebrating it, we're looking to the past, right? We're looking at previous ancestors who've come before us. But I've been really tickled by the folks who are honoring who are doing work in the present right i mean they are living ancestors as this podcast talks about all the time and we're also um celebrating some future wins like to be thinking of black history month as celebrating black futures it's just something i'm really interested in my friend I was talking to a friend yesterday and she brought it up and it really got me thinking and i started seeing places that were celebrating afrofuturism so that got me really really excited the third and last segment is called The Future is Now. And I give this segment just because all of my work is in, uh, in pursuit of a world where all humans can be free, whole, and enough. And I don't want that, that goal, that outcome, that end goal to be something that I have to wait to the future to figure out if it's going to happen or not. It's something that I can create right now, right? I don't need to wait. I will be practicing the future I wanna see right now. So this segment is all about how I'm practicing being free, whole, and enough. And you know what, y'all? It is a, a month and a half into 2020, and it has been so great for me to mind my own Black business, okay? When I tell you, I feel free. I was on a, I was on a, a call and they, the check-in was like, how are you feeling? How's your spirit? I said, my spirit is light because I'm not carrying other people's mess, right? For me, I'm a natural listener. I am a coach. I'm a problem solver. I do these for work and for fun, right? And so I often, I'm trying to solve people's problems even before they ask me. They're coming to me with a question or some drama or a situation. And I'm sitting there listening. I'm, all, I'm already trying to get to the next step. I'm like, okay, here's what you need to do. Did you check out this? Oh, I got this. There's something in my drive that I can send you. I'm trying to solve the problem. And that has caused a lot of problems for me because one, people didn't ask me, right? So they're, first of all, some folks are like, why are you doing this? And second, then I'm irritated because they don't listen because they never asked in the first place. And then I'm mad they're coming to me with the same problem again. And now I'm setting up dynamics in my relationships where they come to me for advice and then I give the advice and they don't listen. And, I, and then I'm mad and then I'm not getting my needs met. Like it is ridiculous. So I have been minding my own black business. And if someone asks, I will give my opinion. I might even say, hey, can I offer you something? Would you be okay with me suggesting something? I've gotten pretty good at that, y'all. 
So I've been minding my own black business and it is so very freeing. I'm not burdened by other people's stuff. Try it. I promise. It's really great. All right, y'all. So we got to get into the topic. And the topic, like I said, quintessential question. Can I really have it all? And I want to drill down because for me, um, I hear these questions come up the most with women, with women of color. And in particular, for me, it's important because I'm a Black woman, right? And so when I think of all the roles I play, whether formal or informal, professional or personal, it's a, it's a role or a job or a relationship or a gig, my happiness, my fulfillment, ease, flow, all these things are on the line. The question always comes, can I really have it all? I mean, can I balance work and life? Can I be a, a great parent, a great partner, and like a bomb CEO? Can I have a business doing things that I love while still like fighting the system that my business has to be housed in while still having ease and flow and having time for family and love and all those things, right? Can I have it all? And again, when you look this up, I mean, you can Google this right now. Google the question, can I really have it all? You will see all kind of answers over the board. Some people are definitively, hell no, you cannot. You cannot have it all. You can only have one thing at a time. Don't even think about it. Don't even try it. And some folks are like, yes, of course. Hell yes. You can have it all. You can have whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. The world is yours. And there's some people like, sort of, kind of, maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't really know. I am solving this dilemma for once and for all on this podcast, y'all. So you'll get the answer to that in just a second. But first, we kind of got to get clear about what are you actually asking when you're asking, can I have it all? Right? Because when people ask this question, there's some assumptions that come with that question. And there's some underlying beliefs that come with that question that I think are really important to tease out before we actually answer it. Right? Okay, so when I hear the question, can I really have it all? There's three things that I want to get clear before I answer that question. And the very first one is the what of can I have it all? When you say all, what are you actually talking about? What's the what that you're referring to, right? For me, the question that I'm always facing is like, as an entrepreneur, how do I have it all in terms of relationships, platonic, familial, romantic? How do I have a thriving business? and one that is fighting for liberation? How do I be an entrepreneur and still have fun, right? Like all trying to balance all of these things. So can you name all of the all that you're talking about? And once you can, I want you to start asking a couple questions because I think there are some, again, some assumptions that underlie that all. When you name the things that you're trying to have all, have it all of, we tend to list them in a thing A versus thing B construct, right? So I'll say, can I have it all? Can I be the, a wonderful parent or a dope CEO? And we're saying that being a wonderful parent is in competition with being a dope CEO. And it might be, I'm not saying that it's not, but how we frame that all, the what of the all is a binary. It's the either or, or we use verses, right? being a great parent versus being adult CEO. And again, I'm not saying they're necessarily in, not in opposition to each other, but I wonder how things would be different if we started to look 
at things in an and sense instead of an either or, right? How can me being a wonderful parent improve my chances of being a dope CEO? Because I'm guessing, I'm not a parent myself, but there are some skill sets <laughs> that overlap being a wonderful parent with being a wonderful CEO. I'm guessing you gotta be very organized and you gotta be able to manage people, whether they're tiny humans <laughs> or people that work for you, right? I can imagine you gotta have great communication skills. Whoever is helping you raise, whether it's your family, your community, your partner, you gotta be able to communicate. So does a CEO, right? So when you name the all, how are you seeing all of the pieces? Are they all in, really in competition with each other or can one feed the other? How can we start to see parts of the all as ands instead of either or? The second question I want y'all to ask about the what of can I have it all is where am I seeing some real versus perceived constraints. When I hear, can I really have it all? I'm hearing that there are some boundaries set for me that are very, very real, right? When you don't create your own reality, when someone else pays your salary, somebody tells you when and how and where to come to work, there are some real constraints. And then inevitably, there's always some things that we are just not used to doing or asking for, things that we haven't actually tried before, things that we assume we can't do, right? There's some expectations there or standards that are either in our head or just, you know, that is what being quote unquote professional is. But we actually don't know if those are real limitations, right? I ask people like, okay, how do you know you can't do that? Have you ever asked? They're like, uh, no. I just thought that that was the way things were, right? And so I want you, as you think about the what of can I have it all, what are your actual options when it comes to limitations? How can you request or structure things differently in a way that actually works for you, right? So I worked with, I've worked with lots of folks who are like, well, my job is so restrictive and I can't do this, can't do this. I had a client where she was really looking to have more time for her side gig. And she said, well, I, I just don't have time. I'm going to have to get up super early and stay up super late. And then I got to work my nine to five and it's just not going to work. I said, okay, cool. So do you have flexible work hours? And she was like, I don't think so. I don't think I've looked it up. She looked in the handbook and lo and behold, it said, as long as you work 40 hours, it doesn't matter where you work it, how you work it. All we ask is 40 hours and for you to get your stuff done. And do you know she asked for, instead of five, eight hour days, she started to work four, 10 hour days and have Fridays off so that she could get her own stuff done. She was able to get her appointments done. She was able to have time for her side hustle. She was able to rest, to sleep, just to chill. But she, there was this idea that I can't ask for that or nobody gave it to me or can I even request that, right? It's just the way, it's the way things are. It's the conditioning that we're used to, right? I'm supposed to do this or we're not supposed to do this. So as you get clear on the what of can I have it all, I want y'all to be thinking about an and mindset versus an either or and uh, real versus perceived constraints. Where can you exercise some agency and structure your reality different? Got to start asking for stuff. Got to start exercising your options. So second thing we got to get clear on this uh, can I really have it all debate. The question is, 
when, when can you really have it all? Are you asking for everything all at once? Are you asking for everything now? And I find that we tend to be very, very impatient. We want to get to that end result. We want that good thing. We don't want to do any of the work to get there. <laughs> and so I just ask you, like, if you got everything you wanted now, would you be able to handle it? Because can I have it all is the first question, right? Can you have it all? Let's say you get it. But now you got to take care of it. You got to maintain it. You want to keep it all. So if you have it all, can you keep it all? I think of late last year, I, me and a small team of colleagues, we applied for this um, RFP that was put out by an organization. We were super excited about it. We were like, we have a good chance to get it. It was a massive amount of work uh, and a massive amount of money as well. <laughs> Not gonna lie. And we were really excited about that opportunity. We made it to the next round and we were one of five teams selected to interview with them. Now, after the interview, we found out that we didn't make it to the next round, which was fine. We were disappointed. We were really sad. And I think if I was being really honest with myself, in the, in the scheme of can I have it all, I really wanted to have that contract. I wanted to put that experience under my belt. I wanted to work with this amazing team of people. And I wanted to work with this organization because I thought there, there was some real opportunity for real transformation to take place. Now, when I looked at my systems though, <laughs> y'all, I have a, an accountability partner and she helped me look through my timing for the entire year. So she said, Stephanie, I need you to plot what projects you're involved in, how much time it's gonna take you per year, per quarter, per month, per week, and per day. And when I broke that down, I saw that I actually did not have the capacity to do this contract in a way that would make sense for me, right? I probably could have done it if I skimmed on a couple other things, right? Like sleep, I would probably be in the airport, living in the airport, which I don't wanna do. And I probably would have had to say no to some projects that I hold very near and dear to my heart. So again, I wanted to have it all. I wanted this contract, which we didn't end up getting, but it turns out that I actually could not handle that contract if we would have gotten it. I would have had to say no to everything else this year that I that I care deeply about. And I probably wouldn't be able to be involved in a lot of the things that I signed up to do this year. So again, think about it. I know you want to have it all, but it doesn't stop there. Can you keep it all? Are you set up to be able to receive it all right now? And I would encourage you, if you're not, do some of the work to get ready to receive it all. Okay, that was a little hint. So you know where I'm going. You know, you know what my answer is. Last clarification before we get to my answer, which you already know. I know y'all are smart. So the last, the last thing we got to get clear on for can I have it all is really the how. How what is the standard to which you want to have it all, right? And I, I hear people say, can I have it all? What they're really saying is, I want to be the best at all of these things. It's not just, I want to have A, B, C, D, and E. They're saying, I want to be the best, have the best of, enjoy the best of, experience the best of all of these things, right? Which tend to be very impossible expectations, right? Especially when we're adding things to our plate that are new for us. It is unrealistic to feel like you're going to be the best at something when you first start doing it. So go back to the example of being a, a wonderful parent 
and a dope CEO. Like we're getting out of the binary that I can only be one. It's either or, it's all or nothing. But as you, as you figure out how to juggle, how to balance, how being a wonderful parent impacts being a dope CEO, it might be rocky at first. You are unfamiliar with doing both or and, and maybe doing a lot of other things at once. And a lot of us, especially recovering perfectionists, especially if you're type A, especially if you're good at something else, we are very unfamiliar with being new at something and everything that comes with it. There's doubts, like, am I supposed to be the person doing this? There's fear, there's frustration with being like new and it not coming easy to you. When I think about this podcast, for me, it's a, it's a prime example. I have never podcasted before, like literally everything from the brainstorming episodes, outlining them, recording them, editing them, reaching out to guests, developing, like all of the things that go into being a podcaster, I am brand new at. Now, maybe some of the skills I've employed from other places. I didn't have a podcast before this, but I was getting so frustrated with myself because I was new at something. I haven't launched something this major since 2013 when I launched my business. And I could go back, as I reflect on my experience now, I can go back and see, oh, there's a lot of parallels. <laughs> the fear, the doubts, the questions, the frustrations. It's because I'm starting something new. And if I want to enjoy this journey, if I want to fully be in this journey, I'm going to have to learn to enjoy the process just as much as what comes out of this journey, right? I need to enjoy the process as much as the outcome. So again, I just also want y'all to think about the other piece of the how of can I really have it all is what is your expectation for how you will have it all? When I think about some of the things that are on my list on the can I have it all, they're not public. There are things that are just for me. They're private. There are things that are just for me and my partner or me and my friends or me and my family or me and my community, right? Everything does not have to be broadcast. Everything does not have to be consumed. You don't have to make money off of everything. Some things are just for us to do for ourselves and we're not gonna win the 30 under 30 for doing that piece of the can I have it all. And so some, again, I think it's always a mix. I don't wanna go to the extremes. I don't want it to be an either or. But when I think about being a wonderful parent, a wonderful partner, a dope CEO, having ease and flow in my business, being able to travel when I want to for fun. And there's some things in that all list that are just for me and nobody will ever know about. And so again, if I'm expecting to win something or expecting validation from or expecting people to recognize me for something, then I think I'm in trouble with the can I have it all. So let's get to the answer because I think y'all already know. I'm ending the debate once and for all. Can you really have it all? I think if you can get clear on the what of the all, on the when of the all, and on the how of the all, I think the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yes, you can have it all. Of course you can have it all. Hell, yes, you can have it all. But how can we have it all? I want to give a couple pieces of advice on how to move forward in having it all. And some of y'all are already doing this. So you might need to give your own advice. If you're listening and you have some advice on how to have it all, please, please, please hit us up. Hit us up on social media. Send me a DM on Instagram, 
Twitter, leave a review, let us know. How are you having it all? I wanna hear from y'all. But here's just a few ideas from me. Um, these are ones that I practice myself and that I help other folks practice. So I hope they're helpful for you. The very first thing we gotta do, very first, we, first we have to prioritize. So again, if we're trying to do all the things, be all the things, we can't do it all at once. We know we have finite time and resources. We have to do one thing at a time. And I don't, I don't mean like you can only be a parent and then you can be a dope CEO. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you look at the long list of stuff you want to do, you want to be and want to do, let's say you have a list one through 10. When you look at that list, all tasks are not created equal. Some are more important than others. Some have to come before others. So first list out all the things and start to prioritize them. And this is important because first, we don't always make the list, but when we make the list, we try to multitask. <laughs> We're like, I'm gonna do number three and number seven and number six. And it has, studies have shown, anecdotes have shown, I will tell you now, multitasking is a lie and it takes away time. Our brains actually have to switch from one thing to the other. You might think you're doing well, you're actually losing time going from one task to the other, right? So look at that list, one through 10, prioritize it, start at the top and get consistent with that one thing and add another. As a coach, I'm working with folks who are trying to unlearn their conditioning, what they've been ta taught and what they've been told, and they're trying to develop new habits. So for example, when a client of mine wants to develop a morning routine, they feel clear, they have a list, one through 10. What is their morning routine gonna be? They wanna wake up and drink some water. They wanna do some meditation and prayer. They wanna do affirmations. They wanna go for a walk. They wanna have a great talk with their partner. They wanna eat a great breakfast. They've got all these things on the list. They would fail if they try to implement all at once. My advice, start with one thing, get consistent at it, add another. So my client <laughs> wanted to start this morning routine. I'm like, let's, let's just start a meditation. And I don't mean five hours every day. I mean, let's start small. Let's start with one minute. She's like, well, I can do one minute and I can do, I'm like, I want you to track and get consistent on this one thing. After you get a minute down, then let's go to five. Then let's go to 10. Then let's add the healthy breakfast. Then let's get consistent with that. Then let's add the talk with partner, right? Because she had prioritized what's most important, what's, uh, what has to come first, what's, some of it was what was easiest for her to incorporate with what she was already doing. And so I always say consistency over intensity. It doesn't matter that you can meditate for five hours one day if you don't do it any other day. Start small and stay consistent. Number two of the how to go about really having it all is as you're prioritizing lists one through 10, look at what is most impactful. Because again, if we wanna set ourselves up for success, we can be realistic about which items will get us farther than others. Because again, sometimes the, e the easy things are low hanging fruit and we wanna get a quick win. So we're like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna take this, we're gonna tackle this. But what I see happen is we start to avoid the things that are harder to implement precisely because they take care of or help with or even encompass other tasks. So maybe you could easily do number task number two, number six, number nine, 
But if you just did task number four, you would take care of number two through five. Or if you just did task number five, six through seven will be so much easier. But again, all tasks are not created equal. So as we think about those things, the thing that I see people neglect the most that probably could help them the most, it seems very simple, but we are tempted to skip taking care of our body. I cannot state the importance of this enough. I think people, as they look at their list, as they look at trying to have it all and performing well at all, they don't look at the biggest factors that contribute to that. And they actually think they can shave time off of those things in order to get the other stuff done. Oh, I can shave a couple hours of sleep here. Oh, I don't, I can just skip this meal or I eat something quick that tastes like crap. Or I'll just, I don't really need to take care of myself. Uh, I just need to pour myself into this project. And the reality is, is when we do those things, we're actually not performing at 100% for those tasks that we've decided to do instead of taking care of ourselves. We're actually doing ourselves, we're doing the project, we're doing our purpose, we're doing other folks a disservice by showing up unrested, right? When we don't take care of ourselves, it takes longer to do things that would normally take us shorter because we're well rested. You ever try to brainstorm or think of an idea and you just couldn't and you were like, what is wrong with me? It was probably because you were sleepy, hungry, or needed to move around if you could. So when you're tired, when you're sluggish, you can't get the best out of you. Your ideas, your execution, your options that you can think of are just limited. So you can actually do more by doing less, by investing in yourself and taking care of yourself. Last thing, y'all, when we're thinking about how to have it all, this is the most important. I guess if you can't get one or two down, uh, three is the most important. Don't, don't even worry about one and two if you can't do three. Because one and two don't matter if you, if you don't get to three. The third thing, you have to. And I don't say have to a lot. I have to and should are two things that are not readily in my vocabulary. But number three is a must. You must, must, must have grace and compassion for yourself. All right? Grace and compassion. You, as you construct this life, this reality, as you step into your purpose, as you try to have it all, that's all in good. But guess what? You are going to have bad days. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. You're going to forget something. You're going to be new, brand, brand new at something. You're not going to understand. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to be impatient. You are going to snap on somebody. Something going to happen. It's not going to be all roses and peaches. I don't even know if that's a phrase, but it's not going to be that. And the only thing worse than feeling guilty or embarrassed or ashamed about failing or messing up or forgetting or being new is feeling shame for feeling shame, right? Because it's not typically our initial reaction that sets us back. It's the fact that we get down on ourselves that it happened in the first place and that we felt shame for that happening. It's actually called meta-shame. It's like, I've, I felt shame for doing the thing, and then I felt shame for feeling shame for doing the thing. And then we start to go into these spirals, where it's not that I did a thing, I am a thing. 
I, I made a mistake versus I am a mistake. So if we can have grace and compassion for ourselves as we navigate having it all, grace and compassion clear the way for so much potential for us. Grace and compassion clears the way for more understanding of ourselves and where we're at. It clears the way for motivation to actually keep going and say, you know what, today didn't work out, I'm gonna get back at it tomorrow. It clears the way for learning. We can actually see a lesson in what happened and apply it to the next time instead of staying stuck in how we didn't make it this time. Grace and compassion also clears the way to let other options emerge. Sometimes things don't turn out how we want them to, especially when we're trying to have it all. And grace allows us to say, okay, this is just as good. Or, you know what, I didn't even think of this. Let's go down this route. Grace and compassion, lastly, it really helps us have compassion for others. If you notice, the more you have grace and compassion with yourself, the more you can have it for others. The more you practice the capacity for grace and compassion within yourself, the more you're able to see that and display that and provide that for other folks. Beating ourselves up is not going to help us get it back on track. It's not going to help us have it all. So that is all I have. Solved it. Easy. You can have it all, right? I know there's so much work to do. Thank you for listening. It is that time, y'all. It's time for me to close out. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like, favorite, subscribe, rate, send this to a friend. Like, so if, if there was something here that resonated with you, you know a friend needs to hear, definitely send it to them. And if you have just a couple minutes, please, please leave a review. Again, these platforms, the way that they look at these analytics, they want to know and see that you want to continue hearing this content. So you know we're on all major platforms. Wherever you can find a podcast is where Take Nothing When I Die is. And I'm really excited to announce that Fingers crossed, very soon we'll be on iHeartRadio. So if you listen on iHeartRadio, you'll be able to also get Take Nothing When I Die. As I said before, find us on social media. Tweet us, let us know what you thought about the episode. We're on Twitter at T-N-W-I-D and on IG at Take Nothing When I Die, all spelled out. The very cool thing is that you can see some of the reactions Um, more information about the show, even a doodle from our previous guest. I told y'all, Jordan changed the game. It was a first time for Take Nothing When I Die. She created two doodles, which I shared on Instagram and Twitter. So go check those out. The other place that's most important for you to visit if you are loving the show is the show notes. So if you go to www.stephaniegostin, it's G-H-O-S-T-O-N.com slash T-N-W-I-D, that houses all of the show notes. So you'll see artwork, you'll see memes, you'll see gifts. Anything mentioned during the episodes that is of importance, you will see listed there. What you'll also see is the Patreon community where we are gathering other living ancestors who are sharing their own wisdom. These are folks who are watching and listening to the podcast. They are asking questions of me and each other. They're sharing their own wisdom. It is a platform for you to hop on and be a part of a community of like-minded folks. So if you want to hear more tidbits from me, if you like the visuals, I'm recording all these episodes on Zoom. So there's a video component to each and every episode that you can only get on Patreon by subscribing. 
So hop on there if you're interested. If you're like, I just kind of want to donate one time, this thing costs money. If you heard last time, you know, the social media intern, aka me, is, <laughs> is the only one that's, that's doing this. I do have a team of folks who are helping with design and editing, and they require payment and money, not like likes and loves. I would appreciate any donation that you're able to make. And those links to PayPal, Venmo, and Cash App can also be found on the show notes page. And then, you know, if you just are like, Stephanie, I just want to send you some love. I would love to hear that. Hit me up. Cultivated Sense is my brand. It is my company name. So as you follow Take Nothing When I Die, you'll see that a lot of times I'm reposting or double posting from my account. So hop on there. There's lots of other goodies that um, you can get access to. So I'm going to sign off y'all again. This is Stephanie Ghostin Paul. This is the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. And I'm leaving you with your reminders that you are a living ancestor. Take care.